What makes someone bold and brilliant? How do we each connect with our unique spark? What are the trials that we're willing to go through to pursue what's really important to us? My name is Hannah Anam, and I'm the co-organizer for TEDx Centennial Park Women. Our mission is to make Atlanta a city where women thrive. At our recent TEDx event, we got the opportunity to ask changemakers, innovators, and really anyone with a great story to share it. Welcome to this story. My name is Karen Price. And what do you do, Karen? I'm a senior program manager for Cox Automotive. And why are you here at the TEDx Centennial Park Women's Conference today? I love these kind of conferences. Always, when you come to these kind of things, you always take take away something that you can use either in work or your personal life. It's a it's really a great way to grow. How long have you been coming to conferences like these? Um, probably thirty some years. And how have they how have they changed from you know probably let's say one of the first ones you went went to to now? What is one of the biggest changes you've seen? The biggest change I think is probably we're evolving as women. And so the topics evolve. And for today, I think we focus on what the issues are in mainstream America. Mm -hmm. I know climate is one. So the topics are getting very, uh, how like um, workplace type stuff. Sure. Uh, it's just so, uh, into what people, what's going on in your life, what you face in your day-to-day -day challenges. It used to be just how to grow and how to act in corporate America type stuff. Now it's real root uh, things that are happening. What are some of these issues that you are talking about now that uh, weren't being talked about before? Well, I can tell you this one. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I already love the enthusiasm. There's a couple different ones, but it's the big thing is being out at work. If you're an LBGTQ person, and especially transgender is the thing, bringing your authentic self, 10 years ago, this would have never, ever been talked about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's in helping people in companies be who they are. And then you talk about climate control. You have, you know, just climate out, you know, mm -hmm. what's the major issues affecting our country? And, and I, I think you, you said it well that business and social issues are kind of coming together more and more. Yeah, we own that. Right. We right. own it. Because it, it would be foolish to think that, you know, it's up to the individual to, to, let's say, you know, save the climate because corporations do have such a big impact on how resources are used on the planet. Mm -hmm. um, and we're a big believer here at Cox. Mm -hmm. Cox conserves and helping our communities and mm -hmm. water conservation and stuff like that. So it, this, this company here believes yeah. it and lives it. Yeah, and could you talk to me a little bit more about the culture at Cox? Because we've been kind of circling around that idea. I'd, I'd like to get your uh, experiences and opinions on that. I think of culture as many different things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. I will tell you from a culture standpoint for what I believe in CN, there is lots of opportunities for people at Cox, a very, very diverse workforce, and it changes very fast. And since it is privately owned, they can do what they wanna do. Mm -hmm. And they monitor the financials and monitor the growth of the company and what needs to happen and they act fast. In previous companies that I've worked in, 
uh, it's the board of directors, it's the, you know, the stockholders and stuff like that. Here, they make decisions fast. That's one thing that I haven't been used to seeing that happens here. It's a good thing and it's also a bad thing. It goes both ways because people stay on edge about their jobs, you know, making sure that you're, if anything I can say, stay on top of your game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that when you work here, be ready to take your next job, be ready to go at any time. But it, but it's good in a lot of ways because you're always growing. Then, if you have that mindset, you're not going to be stagnant. You're gonna you're gonna be ready. Yeah, just keep continuing to move, keeping that momentum alive for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about you know uh, some of your early years being a woman in the workforce. Um, what was your first job? How did you get it? You oh, know? my God. You don't really want to know my first job, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little old, but I'm 25 at heart. <laughs> my first job was, if you're going to believe this, I was in technology. Okay. I was a key punch operator. Really? And you don't know what a key punch operator is. I have is. no idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> when you think of the 60s and the 70s and uh-huh. Uh, when technology was just first really getting good and started, I worked in a bank okay. and checks and deposits. People would do a check and, and I'd sit there on this machine and go, enter it into the mainframe computer and then print out reports to see if it matched everything in the records of the bank that they had. So it was on file then. That was my first job. How would you say you've changed over your career journey? And if you had to give yourself some advice going back, um, what would what would that advice be? <laughs> I would have learned early on how to deal with men in the workforce. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how to feed their egos. Mm-hmm. Uh, the right way to bring up confrontation. Uh, if you have issues, getting more involved in training classes earlier on, coaching, that type of stuff. You know, communication. How to really f- effectively communicate with people. Mm-hmm. more so than anything. Um, I've had a great career. I have nothing, I have no regrets, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it's been, those kind of classes would have helped me early, early on. And how do you think men can change their behavior or adapt to accommodate what I would say is a more diverse workforce because, you know, the, the norm, unfortunately, still is that it is very male dominated. Most you know, most of corporate America is still not very representative. Correct. Unfortunately. And so how can men become allies and, and champion diversity and, and more women in the workforce specifically? They have to want to first. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. Well, they've got to yeah. see the value of it. And then, you know, be one champion at a time. Be, you know, give people opportunities. Listen uh, to what the concerns are. Listen to your staff. Listen to the people that you're working with. You know, don't sit back and think just because a woman may have extracurricular activities like kids. I just say it. <laughs> be open to diverse schedules. You know, as long as you get your job done, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. If you're good at what you do, you will get it done and you will work together and you'll see. For me, I have a strong personality and I have I have a tendency. You either like me or you hate me, <laughs> one or the other, because I don't hold back. I'm very direct. And then but if I see and if I'm working for a man and I respect him, mm-hmm. 
I'll do anything for him and mm -hmm. the company as long as I'm adding value. But if I'm not adding value, I, I want to get out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's re it's really about collaborating and working together as mm -hmm. a team. And I think that's, you know, when men first start out and they have aggressive women. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm not going to say aggressive women, mm -hmm. good women <laughs> working with them. Mm -hmm. They got to figure out how to do it. And I will coach people sometimes. I will pull men aside and I said, let me tell you how to get that done better. Mm -hmm. Or let me help you understand this personality of this woman here and how you can work with her. I mean, I, I can definitely see why, you, why you've loved your career because you definitely have a very no-nonsense attitude. And I think, um, I'm, I'm sure that that has helped you out for sure, right? And It has. I wanted to ask you um, a little bit more of how that attitude developed? Was that always a part of your personality or did you have to build that? I would say I have been a fighter all of my life. I came out like this. <laughs> my father said, oh my God, at his funeral when he died, uh, one of the men came up to him and, and asked me at the funeral, he said, uh, are you Karen? Are you Jack's daughter? Uh -huh. And I went, yes. And he says, let me tell you, your father was so proud of you. He oh, may man. not have ever told you that, but he says, I've got this one daughter and she's a fighter and <laughs> I will never, ever have to worry about her. She'll be successful. All my life, it was in, you know, I had some jobs in high school. I said, boy, I'm not gonna do this kind of work. I'm going to college. <laughs> What advice would you give women in the workforce today? Young or older or just in general? Let's start with young. Let's start with young. I would say don't expect to have it all at one time. Work for it. Learn from your mistakes. You can't grow unless you make mistakes. Mm -hmm. You've got to take risk and you've got to be out there and find a mentor. If you can find someone that, in, uh, that can help you along your path, listen. Always be open to listening to people. How has being a female in the workforce given you a competitive edge? I like to win. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. I'm very competitive. <laughs> I like being the best at what I do. And then I'll go home on weekends, and if it's something I don't understand, I'll research it. I'll figure it out. It's nothing that I don't figure out. Can you talk to me about a time in your career where there was a lot of self-doubt? Trying to, trying to get more into what was going on in your head, and more specifically, how did you get out of that okay. uh, pit, so to say? My self-doubt was about five years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> I'm a little bit older with my age and stuff, and. So CNN decides that they're gonna do this thing called Turner 2020 and give people packages, volunteer packages, if they were 55 and older and had been 10 plus years at the company. I was like, oh my God, should I take this package? Should I do it? I'll never find another job. Oh my God. I was just like, I'm too old to leave. This is my company. This is where, this is my family. And I had some advice from another lady and I decided to do it. But let me tell you, it was tough. I was here working. <laughs> I had actually had a job two weeks after I left Turner. <laughs> I need to get your card or something. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I have built, I have relationships 
here at Cox. Um, I just, I just kind of transitioned over, but it was not easy. It was not easy, but my self-doubt, even right now, I am 63 years old. And if something were to happen tomorrow, I'd be ready to go <laughs> and go into my next gig. Do you have any advice on networking? Because you, you seem, you seem to be a person who, who, you know, is obviously very driven and can pull on her connections to help her out. I was wondering if you had any advice for people like us who are fresh out of college trying to build their professional network and are running to a bit of difficulty in really making those connections? Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> the first thing, yeah, I mean, you can never network enough. <laughs> that, I mean, I am, uh, I'm, I'm kind of like I started into project management years ago. So I'm in PMI, I'm agile certified. Mm -hmm. So I go to all of these networking events. I go to these to meet women to help, you can never, ever, ever not network enough. You need to build that network. I have people from Turner. I have people from Amico Oil. I have people from all of my companies I still stay in contact with. Mm -hmm. So build your connections with people you went to college with. Stay in contact with them. What are they doing now? You do it. <laughs> what If you're at a bar. <laughs> I mean, I did this the other night at a bar. I made a connection and sold property uh, to this guy that I met at a bar. So uh, he's a part of my network. So it's, it, you can never, you have to do it. Call me up. I'll show you how to network. I'll show you how to walk a room. <laughs> I mean, these are like soft skills that I think younger generations are having a hard time learning because, um, you know, we're kind of the internet isolation generation where we didn't really get to work on our social skills as much because we can just grab one of these phones and spend our time with that all day, right? I do it too. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, it's, it kind of gets everybody. It's not just the younger generation anymore, but I think that these skills, these these social skills, let's let's call it what it is. Yeah, it's what it is. They're very, very important because, you know, we're, we're still social creatures. Uh, I, I love going to conferences like this because there is such a such a positive sense of community. And I think right now, in very divisive times, you know, politically, socially, et cetera, it's very hard to feel connected to people that, that may have something similar with you, or maybe not. I wanted to ask you what your definition of community is. My definition of community. Well, as I've gotten older, it's changed. <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, my definition of community in my part of my life right now is helping and mentoring people. A special thanks to our guests, our team, our sponsors, and of course, the wonderful Audiographies team who produced this podcast for us. Please join our community at TEDx Centennial Park Women to help Atlanta be a city where women thrive.